track is jammed. They're all gone. They're all gone. And he is going straight to pole position. Just plucked her in first and gave some jam. Yes, we are back. It's been a what? A large 12 months race? I think so. This is through the fence. Don't don't adjust your dial. This is through the fence. We are back after a 12, 12 month hiatus, I like to call it. Uh, I am uh, Sam. Adjust your, adjust your dial because you probably landed on us accidentally. Yeah, true. That's true. I am Sam with my, <laughs> as always, co-host, Reese. A lot's changed in the last 12 months, hasn't there, Reese? It sure has. And uh, are you still over? Have you gotten over the uh, big news item that happened in uh, Adelaide uh, some months ago yet? Oh, what was You want to refresh my memory, Reese? What, well, what? I now live on the eastern state, so I, yes, I, this I'm, is true. I'm out of uh, out of the loop. Of what happens in Adelaide? So you have to fill me in. What's happened over there, Samuel? I, if I recall, we used to have a certain street race here in Adelaide. We was it? we last had. Well, I think we last had a chat for our pre Bathurst race, our pre Bathurst podcast. So that would have been before the announcement here in Adelaide that a certain government has decided not to continue the Adelaide 500 here, or the Super League 500, as it was called. Now, I've just got some, I've got some audio I want to play for you. Just we're doing audio straight off the top we're doing, on our well, you've, first podcast back. We've got, a, we've got a Swiss new intro, and now you're playing audio. You've thrown to it already. I was going to be a little, how's everyone going? But we're not doing that now. We're going straight to the audio. So I just want to refresh your memory. Our first episode was done off the back of the Adelaide 500 in 2020. So 2020 Adelaide 500, we, as the pandemic was approaching we had we did our first podcast on the back of that and it was centered around i gave you a four-point plan of how the adelaide 500 could be improved you probably don't remember all the points doesn't matter i've got some audio from this podcast a a bit's happened in the last few yeah i I probably haven't remembered all the points and i'm sure you're going to refresh my i am going to refresh your memory race so this is a grab. We got some several grabs. I'm just going to line them up in one and uh, keep going. This is the first one where I think you and I were alluding to the fact that something might be going on. They've paired back the ovals. They've paired back. Oh, the, the government is cost cutting. That's another issue. So on a side if note, the government runs the event here. It's not run by a race promoter. So that was what we were talking. We were talking about the fact that we had the feeling that the government of the time was actually. Try quietly trying to kill off the event. Is that what we were alluding to? Yes, the, the, the decline in the three or four years, uh, as we were alluding to, stuff being moved all onto the race course, Victoria Park. Yep. Very little infrastructure out in the public area, out past turns three and back in the um, on the streets course section. Yep. Concerts were becoming less. We dropped the Sunday night concert. Hilltop Hood seemed to be ruled out every year for the concert. <laughs> wasn't very many people after Robbie Williams. Yep, exactly. So it was on, it was on its way down. Yep, exactly. So also the acoustics at the Finden uh, the Finden studio were a bit rubbish then. They, they are. You are. We, we've we've upgraded since then. Um, we've, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Doesn't matter. We're we're tracking along. So in this same podcast, I I unveiled Sam Dado's four point plan of how to make the Adelaide five hundred. Should I say great again? Maybe not. Uh, that, that guy doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness. Anyway, so this is my fourth point plan. So the, the fourth part of the plan back in what February, March 2020. And my fourth and final point in my four-point plan, this is a bit more radical. Radical, man. It's a straight switch with Newcastle and Adelaide. How radical did that seem at the time? I was like, why don't we just 
get the Adelaide 500 away from the fringe, away from all the events that occur in Mad March. It's called Mad March for a reason. Why don't we just move that to the other end of, other end of the year, have it as still a bookmark, like bookend of a year, and it should be sweet. But I think back then we were kind of thinking that's up in the clouds. Tell them you're dreaming. Until after the event was scratched, this news came out. So Supercars Championship had been talking to SA Tourism, the SA government, and also to the Berejiklian government. And the plan was that in 2021, to avoid the challenges of COVID and to also get some clear air so that the V8s here in Adelaide didn't clash up against the Fringe and the Festival, Newcastle was going to be the first race of the 2021 V8s calendar. What? Excuse me, what? Was someone listening to my podcast? What's going on there? They literally were going to do. And then I want to fast forward. But, yeah, can I just make a point? Yep. Imagine the end. Of, imagine the last couple of weeks when you go roll Bathurst, the surfers. Um, I don't know, find another half decent, more popular one to then throw end of October and then come into Adelaide to finish the season. Yep. Four or five big events at the end of the year when there's no football codes, cricket hasn't started. Would be it would be a great way to end exactly, and then this is probably getting a bit more personal for me right now. It might be straying a little bit away from supercars, but the fact that not long after the announcement was made, this began to happen. There are sixteen containers full of Clipsal five hundred infrastructure stowed away. I've been told, and the government is employing an auction company to sell it off. The proviso: it must be done before the election. And here in South Australia, we are having a state election in March 2022. And our the state opposition leader, Peter Malinowskis, has already said he wants to bring the event back. He wants to make it as good as it was, or at least try to. And out of spite, our Premier, Stephen Marshall, has decided, no, I, I think we're going to just, we're going to get this away before before the election. Just Just get rid of it. And then we heard him say, the Premier was asked about this so-called auction. Oh, look, I think they've kept some equipment that they think might be useful for other events that they're considering at the moment. But at the moment, they're just sitting in a in a big warehouse rusting away, whereas we think that they'd be much better uh, up at the bend. You want to know why they're rusting away, Premier? You cancelled the race. If you didn't cancel the race, it wouldn't be rusting away, just putting it out there. And I just want to say thank you to 5AA for that audio. And lastly, I remember in the same podcast when we were revealing our four-point plan, this didn't age well, Reese. Yeah, yeah. We, we did this. Shout out to the Premier. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Obviously, the Premier wasn't listening. Or was he? Thoughts on any of all that? I, I, this has been building up for me for quite a while, and I just really wanted to rant about all of that. So I'm done. You got anything? Well, I'm quite happy because now I live in Canberra, and I'm, apparently the rumour is I'm going to get the um, end-of-season race next year. I'll be able to pop up to New, Newcastle for the first race at the start of 2022 and then go to Canberra end of end-of-season. But uh, I digress for one moment and say that it is clearly, for some reason, the Libs wanted to get rid of the race. Mm. They were hell-bent on getting rid of it. Mm. And the fact that, yes, there's, um, if you're not going to use the infrastructure, where you, you do sell it and you I get, totally get it that, and make some but, money from it. But not when but you have an election coming the, up. Yeah, to actually have spiteful to get rid of it before the election to trying to wedge Malinowskis to then make him have to spend more money to then make it a proposition that he's going to have to 
maybe even have to uh, go against his election commitments after by having no no gear needing to start from scratch is spiteful. Hmm. So if, you yeah. if you don't want it, fair enough. But there's enough people and there'll be enough support where it could become a hot election issue in a few months in Adelaide. So we'll see. So it sort of has been a large, it's been a rather large 12 months here in South Australia. Yeah, so the crowd to the bend, we would have got, what, 30,000? It was around the 30,000 mark there for the race earlier in the year. We would have topped out in again about 180, 190, even for the last race in 2020. Yep. It just is, yeah. Interesting. For some reason, the Libs don't want it. Weren't the, the, weren't the, the Libs support... the guys who brought the F1 here? Or were they the guys who re-brought supercars back, like making that an event? Both. Interesting. Both. Olsen got the V8s in after F1 left. Right. Yeah. There's a. It'll it'll come out in the wash one day. But here, here's the here's the anecdote of how much it was falling off. Yeah. Is that in the last race I could stand and watch the cars come through the chicane at end of the straight. Correct. Because there weren't enough corporates. Normally the chicane was always corporate. You could never get near it as a, to have a look if you didn't have the the ticket. You could stand and watch the cars fly over play over the curbs because there wasn't as many corporate tents. Mm. Ridiculous. But that was done like... Was de- it, I'm not saying it wasn't declining. I'm saying that more could have been done to stop the decline, for example. Yes. Put it in the hands of someone who knows how to run a supercars event. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. It's been a big 12 months since we last did a podcast. Yep. And as we sit here and talk, we are a week away from when Bathurst should be on. <laughs> yeah, it should be on. That's right. It's now being pushed to the. Uh, so is this? Hang on. Start of December. So this is probably twelve months to the weekend since we've done a show then, because we did a Bathurst preview. So it probably was on this weekend. Yes, it is probably twelve months to the day since we uh, we did a podcast, which is interesting timing. I've had my little rant about the Adelaide Five Hundred, as you've heard. I hear you have some thoughts on the upcoming events at Sydney Motorsport Park. The big quadruple header. The quadruple Can't header. Wait. Talk me through it. Talk Can't me through wait. your thoughts. Four weekends at Sydney Motorsport Park. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Four. Uh, maybe not. Go on. However, we understand why we're doing it. It's the only place everyone can get to to race. Got to get the rounds away before Bathurst. To this point where it's the same thing as I said last year. It's a crying shame that we don't have Wakefield Park up to spe- up to spec. A weekend there. Out, exactly. Out, out, another, a different track would be cool to race. Lakeside, Wakefield. But uh, unfortunately, we're stuck four races at Eastern Creek. It will be better this year with the ability to go night and day. But we're going three weekends with three races and then one weekend with a 250 each day. We are going to get bored. Yeah. I I understand we've got the mixed tyres in. We're trying to, we're going to have some top 10 shootouts. We're going to have some different qualifying things. But ultimately... We're doing a lot of just 125-kilometer races around Eastern Creek. How exciting are they going to be come race six, race seven, race eight? Are we bringing back the top 15 shootout? <laughs> uh, why don't we just bring the whole field shootout? What, do a NASCAR style? Oh, do the NASCAR one. Do that one where they had the beer and do a whole field shootout at the preseason test. If you recall one year, we had a preseason test, top 10, top field shootout. I do, and it was at Sydney Motorsport Park. I do remember that. Because they were... That's when the 12 hour and supercars hate each other. That's and right. Supercars put yeah. the full field on a test day because they were being petty. Yeah. Let's bring that back as well. That'll be that'll be just that'll be as exciting as race eight of one of nine of 125 kilometer races at Eastern Creek. I mean, come on. 
This reminds me of how, so, how many laps did we used to do at Winton? <laughs> it was like a hundred. Uh, too many. <laughs> this would be like that. Some, so, sometimes one lap at Winton can be too many. <laughs> oh, poor Winton. All right. So we've got three, we've got three weekends of three times 125 and one lot of 250 each, 250 splits. Yep. We're all on the same track. Yep. I had a bit of a brainstorm and come up with something a bit different. Well, so it's like, and just, oh, okay. This is good. Try and just break it up. Yep. We, as we said, we understand what we're doing. We're we're getting we're running so we can get the money from TV, money from the sponsors, tick all the boxes, get the Bathurst and finish it. No qualms about that. Mm-hmm. But the execution, we got three track layouts. Everyone that that you read and you you hear reckons that the big track is not good enough. The the the, the new bit where the, they do all the drifting and that is a bit narrow. That's and a the bit Brabham. Small. Yep, that's the Brabham circuit. Yeah. We're, we're on the Gardner so, circuit. Yeah, so if yep. you don't want to run that, okay, you're back to two. At least try the short track at least one weekend for the hell of it and just see what happens. You'd think in the environment that we are now that you would have the... What's the correct word? The crowd would be willing to have a boring race, but if we tried something different. Just by yes. doing the same well, thing got, over and over just, and over is just why. I've got some... I've got a radical idea for a midweek race, which I reckon would be just a hilariously and entertaining. Mm. I'll come to that in a second. Okay. So I would start it off first weekend back, Friday night, Saturday night. Yep. On the short track. Friday yep. night, qualif- uh, they can do a, have an hour or so practice in the afternoon when everyone's at work. Friday night, 20 minute uh, qualifying, straight into a sprint race on the short track back. On a Friday night, bang, here we are, prime time. Back here, here we are. You know, yep, under lights. Start the season yep. off back under lights, bang, bang, short weather's, track, Friday we- night. Weather's warming up sprint too. Sprint tires, sprint race, bang. Yep. Half an hour done. Right. Same thing on the Saturday night, two quick qualifyings, two quick races, get the season back, short, sharp, under lights, all in prime time. So are these, is this is this counting as around a night or is it around on the weekend as normal? Or the whole weekend's around yep. because that's how we. Sorry, we don't right? do rounds so, anymore, but weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. The first weekend, I wouldn't have pit stops. I wouldn't have anything. I just have three brand new sets of tires. Sprint, go. Go out. Sprint races. Yep. yep. Just sprint, bang. Off we go. Short, sharp, and shiny. We're finished. Yep. That's the first weekend. That's week one. Right. That's week one. Just we, with the 125s, the pit stops are a tad longer. We just want we want energy. We want quick. We want a couple of race starts. Bang, bang, bang. Finish it. Should we bring back a 60 <laughs> Oh, that's just a joke. That's a joke. I'd, I'd go. I'd go around the eighty k mark a little bit further. Yep. We, want, we want half an hour races, a qualifying and a half an hour race, and a two a half an hour races on the Saturday night. Bang, finished. Okay. Second weekend. Week two. Yeah. Big track. Big track. Big wait. And wait. Conventional... Sorry. Big track as in the big big track or the one we normally use. Sorry, as in the big track we use, the yep. Gardener track, and that there's your standard three race weekend. One qualifying and the race on Saturday. Have two on Sunday. Done. Two qualifying sessions on Sunday as well. Oh, don't get me started on how many qualifying <laughs> we bloody have. I mean, can we get can we get Russell on to lament how much um, qualifying we have? We reward qualifying oh, too much. I'm going to get to him later. I'm going to get to him later. Anyway, oh. keep, keep going. Now, to split up the the three weekends on the big track in a row. Yep. In between the second and third weekend, a Wednesday night race. Hundred Ks on the short track under lights. Hmm. No qualifying. I'd bring the championship points right down. So it's only 50 points for this race because it's a little bit, bit radical and a bit different. Yeah. They come on TV at half past seven. 
Cromley and Scaife. The cars are all lined up here in pit lane. We have no idea how they're going to line up on the grid. Schenken blows the whistle. They come up 45. The cars come out and on, into the pit box. Car chief comes and stands in front of the, of the bonnet. And Lyco pulls out his hat and he walks down and the crew chief pulls out a grid spot. That's where they start the race. So it's a lottery. Pull out the grid spot. They drive out 20 minutes on the grid to work on the grid to start and bang, off we go. Okay. Lottery. A jumbled grid. Yeah. Something different. It's made for TV. It's going to be action. The cars are going to be in completely different space, in, in spots. It's a made for TV event. Minimal championship points, but it's still a championship race, of course. But just something different to try. We're not going to start having seven or eight random draw grids a week or a year. But NASCAR has been doing a bit of random draw stuff. They split the fields up when they don't qualify and do random draws. So it's been doing it done a bit around the country, around the, around the, around the world, but just something different. And you could do that. And the, the example could be, well, we've been there two weekends in a row. Well, exactly. you, you've got the data from last weekend, as yeah. in three days they ago. Need... So there's nothing wrong with that. For a, for a Wednesday night race, they don't need to practice or qualify because they're on the track a week ago. Yeah. Well, what? no, three days they know ago. They're doing. They're racing at night. Yep. Come out of 45, Lyco walks down with his great big yeah. hat. Okay. You know, first car, Couchy pulls out 17 for Win Cup. Yep. You know, we keep going down the list. How many more can you know? Numbers, numbers. <laughs> the, the guy holds up the number. I am 12. And then the driver drives out. Um, Percat, you're in 12th. Okay, off he goes. And we okay. go to the next one. Yeah, okay. Well, Just I, I, something different. I think we're across it. Okay. So lottery, right? Okay. Lottery Wednesday night. All right. Lucky dip. Yep. Lucky. Bit of a lucky dip. Yeah. I just said that. Right. Yep. In the third week, we get we go back to conventional. I think the 250s are a tad long. Single drive of Eastern Creek. So I just go two lots of 200s. Back to your conventional weekend now. You know, one Saturday night, one Sunday. Yep. And then the last week, if we're having a co-driver session and we've got refueling mm. in the races, yep. have a 500. Oh, go for it. We all like we all love endurance season. Everyone is crying out for two, at least two co-driver races again next year. If everyone's going to be up there, why can't we just have a 500? Start at 5 o'clock on Saturday night, finish it at prime time at half past eight. And with that, on the Friday night, two co- the co-driver race and the main race, yeah. as we used to do at Sandown. But my only devil's advocate counter argument would might be, I don't know, but are we limited for fuel and tires? Do we have enough of the stuff in the country to be able to do such a thing? Well, if we're running that fourth week, two lots of 250-kilometer races, yep. we've got enough fuel and tires in to do one 500-kilometer race. Fair call. Fair call. I'll pay that. There might be one or two co-drivers who can't get there. Scotty, Mark. But, you know, Scotty, hopefully, he gets in for Bathurst. He wouldn't, yeah. make, he wouldn't get in for 500, though. Yeah. But if we're going to do two 250s and have a co-driver sessions, can't wait, give us a 500. In saying all that, I will be watching every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I aim to be up at the uh, fourth weekend and watch the 250 race on the Saturday night. Do you now? Yep, I should. I, that is that is a plan. I'm going to I'm going to get to go to Sydney Motorsport Park week off and go to Bathurst. We are double jab, so you should be able to. So we should be able to mm-hmm. go get jabbed if you haven't. But that's my little rant. Why are we doing similar stuff? I know we're going to mix tyres in and have a little bit, but all these races, all these 125 kilometre races at Sydney Motorsport Park, it's going to do our heads in. You've had your rant. I've had mine. We're feeling better. I feel a bit better, yes. It's, it's, it's quite lethargic, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Imagine it. Imagine they're all, they're all on the grid and Larko's got yes, a great big funny hat. This. He's walking down with all the grid spots. Okay, and, yes, Reece. You know, yes, gets yes. there and 
We know, Reese. Okay. Debore for Posick pulls out 24. <laughs> Mossett is in his hey. car and he shakes his head and rats his thing because Debore's made him start last. Great TV. He's won from last. Exactly. It's all a bit of air. Yeah. Okay. All right. And also, can I just say, yeah. ticket prices, don't be stupid with the ticket prices, supercars for the next month. People haven't worked for, for, for months. Everyone's been locked up. Tickets should be dirt cheap for the rest of the year to get into Sydney Motorsport Park. We should be having $20 family tickets, getting people out and about doing stuff. They want $400, they want 400 bucks for a ticket to the grandstand at Bathurst because it's now a six-day race, um, a six-day event. I get it, but I also you just want to get people back out doing stuff mm. and people to the racetrack for a couple of weeks, just dirt cheap, get people back, get people remembering how good it is to go to live sport and see the cars come past. Do the whatever you do back to normal prices next year, but we just got to get people back doing stuff into this year. Fair enough. Good point. Here, here. Anything else on your on your mind, Sam? That you want to get off your chest before we uh, wrap up this evening? It's funny you should ask this race. I have, I have been noticing this interesting trend online. I understand that there isn't a lot of motorsport to talk about. I understand there's not a lot of motorsport to write about, and there are a bunch of these. Let's just say. Board journos, maybe. That I know. I read an article saying that Jack Smith's going to get go again next year, and that was big news. Well, good for Jack. Everyone loves Jack. But my point is, it may be Wednesday, Thursday last week, late September. We had four, not one, not two, not th- four articles about the super cheap auto wild card and Russell Ingle and Brock Feeney. And this was all on the old Speed Cafe. Why? Why? Why Why do we need to be told every time Russell Ingle breathes? Is it really... I think the Boost Wild Card has way more merits to be getting way more publicity, but it's not. Why are we being told about Speed Cafe? Why are we being, getting told about a Super Auto car every five seconds on that website? Please tell me. I'd love to know, Reese. Well, there's a, there's a deal between the Enforcer and the Dude and Speed Cafe and all that sort of stuff. So that's where that was all coming from. Doesn't make it any less annoying. Yes, but I reckon it is. Uh, it does um, open up a bit of a bigger issue for the sport in general. Mm. The fact that Engel's getting wheeled out, Murphy, to an extent, is getting wheeled out, and they're going to probably be the two biggest storylines heading into the biggest race of the year. I don't think bodes very well for where the sport is at. In a in a regards to the personalities of the sport at the moment, well, you got Chaz trying to be mozzie, and you've got yeah. How many of the field and how household names at the moment? Lounsey. He doesn't even race in the series anymore. He just sends text messages. Yep, Lounsey is probably the only is is still the would be the most recognisable figure to people who aren't us. Yep. And then it's daylight. I think Winterbottom. Everyone knows Frosty, don't they? But this, we're, we're too yeah. much in the bubble. This is the problem. We're, we're too much yeah. in it. So yeah. I don't really know. But I think Frosty would be a kind of a household Frosty? name. If you're thinking do about people supercars. people know Van Gisbergen? Does, does, does Johnny on the, on the street know Van Gisbergen? Yeah, I don't know. SVG. I, maybe because he's winning this year. Everyone knows Wincup, don't they? Seven-time champion. If you don't know Wincup... But yeah, then... so this is what I'm saying. When Ingle and Murphy are going to be the probably the two biggest storylines heading into the race. I think the Greg Murphy one is a big storyline, though. 
I, I, I think that getting Richie back in a car and hoping to rekindle some yes, correct. Would, be, would be great because he was hounded out of the sport by many. Yeah, it was bullshit. And go back and watch 2017 Bathurst. He can, he can drive. No issues about that. 2017 Bathurst. The way he was treated. Was it 2017 Sandown in the way he won? Was it that one? Yeah, that, that is it. This is a Sandown race, but with, with waters. And then that one in the wet race at Bathurst where he, he was pulling away from the field. Yep. The bloke can drive and he was handed out of the sport for no apparent reason. Yeah, it was ridiculous. We want characters like we want characters like him in the sport, drumming up the headlines, being a bit out there. I'll give you the one that is the um probably the most house one of the household names is Reynolds. Because of that. Because he's a bit le- left of field, a bit set quirky. Different. A bit quirky. Quirky, yeah. So go We need more of them in the field instead of cookie cutters. Well I think Chaz is trying to fill that void. Mozzie. Yes. Mozzie. He's trying to get but, his brand out there. It's not really getting much traction. But, but long, long gone are the days now where you know Scaife and Ingle and Ambrose and Lowndes, Perkins, all these, these names would have been household. You know, even go back further, further for um, Perkins and Richards and Brock. I know eras move on, but I just don't think the cut through is there at the moment with a lot of the crop of the top drivers we have at the moment. Yeah, I get you. Just as uh, I just got some proof. I've just as you've been talking there, I've been trying to look up just just some evidence for what I'm talking about. So September the thirtieth, headline reads: Why Ingle wants an absolute scorching Bathurst one thousand. September twenty sixth, Ingle Feeney's pace will heighten pressure on me. Then we get on a bit of a roll here. September twenty second, Feeney Ingle react to bold wildcard livery. September twenty second. Supercheap Auto launches patriotic Bathurst 1000 livery. September 22nd, live stream. Supercheap Auto wildcard livery launch. Can't get enough of Supercheap. Give me strength. Anyway, I'll keep tagging you in the Facebook one so we can keep track of them because it's absolutely, honestly ridiculous. And you thought yeah, Peter, you thought Peter Addison up. was a bit annoying. Here's <laughs> your pet peeve, isn't it? Oh, it's, I just... We don't need to go on about it. It's have you ridiculous. ever seen a red race car before? How bold is that going red? I think Scaife might have won a few races in a red car, but I can't remember. Yeah, that guy Schumacher did all right in a red car, didn't he? Oh, poor Schumi. Way to bring the way to bring it down at the end there, Rex. Did you watch the Schumacher documentary yet? I did watch it. Did you in- I personally I thought Senna, I much preferred the Senna Senna movie, even though it, Poor Alain Pross was painted in a very bad light. I preferred Senna. Everyone hated Alain after that, didn't they? Yeah, but from what I can see, it was kind of like a it was a give and take, not just oh Alain's the devil. Anyway, uh, Schumacher, I did like it because it focused on an era of his that I wasn't well wasn't alive for the 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 pre nine the Benetton. <laughs> I do find it funny that they didn't talk about the old launch control at Benetton. I did, <laughs> and the uh, and the suspected uh, traction controls, but we won't go there. But I thought it was what, good. You're telling me that Flavio Biatore may have been a little bit dodgy. Oh, who would have maybe, thought? Maybe, um, but all, maybe all, allegedly. All in all, I did enjoy it. But you just got to take it with a, just got to understand it's come from the family, so obviously it's going to be very painting Schumacher in a very good light. You're not going to get light and dark. The best part was Damon Hill whinging. 
Yeah, I used to think that Schumacher was a bit of an idiot, but I can see why he punted him <laughs> here in Adelaide, <laughs> just over my shoulder. Oh, Damon Hill after after Monza. My goodness. But we can, that, that's an even more of a tangent. After Monza. Oh, poor, I I, poor Max. I, I thought the documentary was half an hour too long. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. I think it could have been sped up a little bit in parts. Yeah, pacing was a bit slow. Yeah. And we probably didn't need the bit at the end about how he is now. We, all, I think everyone understands what the situation is. That's probably if you want, um, if you want, if the money, if the family wants their money, they got to talk about it. I, yeah, I guess so. We probably didn't need to. We all probably, yeah, as I said, we know what's going on. It's sad, but but it's, it's it is what it is. That's life. I I, I enjoyed. Um, how they documented the struggles in Ferrari those couple of years. Yeah, see, I didn't. That's another thing. I didn't know the struggles that they had at the start there. Mm. I just assumed he hopped in the yep. car one year, bang, turnkey, go. But yeah, no, they were he, you know, late eighties, nineties. Ferrari was not Ferrari. What we think of Ferrari now. Yeah, he opted to go to a team and turn them around. Yeah, he went. He went and he built. He built them up to what they were, and what they are today. Yeah, of course. At the moment, they're not as what they are, but he. For what Ferrari is today is a lot because of Schumacher. Poor Fernando would have hoped it would be a bit more like Schumacher, but anyway, didn't have the best of timing, old Fernando. We got anything else yeah. we want to? Got anything else you want to rant about? Seeing as this is a very ranty show, for the first yeah, one. Yeah, well, this is what podcasts are for. We're supposed to rant. That's fine. Poor Lando. I want to give Lando Norris a hug the other Can night. Can you not? What again? So we've just talked about Schumacher, and you want to bring it down again? Yes, Lando. We know. Ah. Oh. Here's an interesting I'm, question I am for a you. Tad, I am a tad worried. We've just got some competition and we've got parity. And we're changing the We've rules. got two cars going at it. We've got McLaren now. You, you just know what's going to happen. We're going to come next year for Formula One and one car is going to dominate again. And we're going to go, but we just finally had a real competition. Now, as long as that is... Well, the engines aren't changing. So... Yeah, but oh, you just... You hope so. You hope it's going to stay what it is because this is the best in years. This yeah. is the best since Rosberg gave it to him a bit. Yeah, but it's even better. But it's better because, because, but it's better because it's not the own team. Exactly, it's better because it's not inter-team battle. Yeah, yeah. He's a but he, poor Lando. Yeah, here's. I a, wanted to give him a hug. Here's a random question for you about Formula One. Did, have you ever had favorite drivers, or do you root for a driver in Formula One? Now, yes. Or in the past? Well, I like, to, I like to see Dan win because it's Dan. No, that's, that's not answering the question. Do you have a favourite driver? I'd say no, but I would also say that is the same for supercars, okay. where the driver I supported as a kid finishes, and I just love the sport, and I've always loved the sport, and if I win 30 million bucks tomorrow, I'm going to go buy a race car and go drive it at a racetrack every <laughs> weekend for the rest of my life. And if I could do anything else it would be to go and win Bathurst. But to say I have a favourite driver that I sit and root for, I would say no. I got a soft spot for Percat because of me. probably how much you have a soft spot for Percat. And My boy. And sitting in his car one upon a time. We have to get him on. And tweet him. And we have to get him on get one day. tweet back. So I like to see Percat do all right. Yeah. But no, I would say I don't have, I don't sit on the couch rooting for drivers. I root for the underdog. Okay. So does this, so does this make me un-Australian? The fact that my favourite driver and favourite drivers in the past haven't been Australian. I was always no? I was always for Weber. If he if he won a race, if he did well, great, fantastic. I was never really yeah, you were always more Weber him. than me. 
Oh, always, 100%. Then Dan's here, and I'm more on board with Dan. Great to see him do well. I'm all for it. And I probably am rooting for him for a bit. But, like, growing up, my first favorite driver would have been Jensen Button. And then Jensen Button turned into when Kimmy returned and Kimmy's Lotus years. I was full on board with Kimmy. You and loved Kimmy. Kimmy was the man. When he got... Everyone race, loves Kimmy, though. Kimmy is not, not likable. You know, I, I, got to, uh, I got to Abu Dhabi. I win a race. It's all good. Where's <laughs> the vodka? We, 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 we vodka. So, yeah, that, that race win in Abu Dhabi, I went bunter. That was awesome. And now, I would say 18 months ago, probably halfway through Lando's first season, I was like, this kid on in, this kid on social media, he's just he's not a cookie cutter driver. Like we we're just talking about the supercars, you need personality. That kid has personality, and that kid is awesome. And now Lando's There's my favorite. There's more personalities driver. in Formula One than there is in supercars. Yeah, but that probably comes with more of an ego because they're the best of the best, I reckon. Mm. But yeah, so well, now the, the, the drivers here, are the best of the best in the country, they should yeah. have an ego and a bit of yeah. But it's Australia; no one cares about Australia. Yeah, but I'm not talking in a global sense. I'm talking in our in our sense. Yeah, but I'm saying in a global sense, people know who Lando Norris is. In an Australian sense, people don't really know who Andre Heimgartner is. Well, he's not Australian, but... I don't know. I don't know if you walk, walk down the main street of New Delhi, I don't think people know who Lando Norris is. But my point is, they are more well-known across a bigger area. Whereas in the yes. same area of Australia, people probably wouldn't know the same people. So, more people in Australia know Lando Norris or Shane Van Giesbergen? That's a good point. I don't know. I wouldn't know. What do you reckon? I would lean towards Lando. I'd probably end just because of social media. Because Formula One is getting a much younger audience base now since Formula Liberty. One has got ne- um, Netflix. Yeah, Drive to Survive, exactly. Since Liberty Media came in, Drive to I've, Survive. I know, I know people who have never watched motorsport mm. ask me questions about motorsport about formula one because they watch bloody netflix yeah but i can't watch that and show I, and i i can't stand the show either because it's so dumbed down and so oh yeah exactly it's not for, but the show is not for us yeah i've not watched much i think i watched three episodes of the first season and didn't watch any more the only episode last year i watched yeah oh like um was was the crash exactly that's what i thought you were gonna say okay yeah of because course. to see the reaction and how people pro and, and all the behind the scenes of that, because that was just crazy. Yeah. But I will be the one and the one episode I'll watch next year is Monza because Netflix was with McLaren at Monza. That will be cool. I think I'll be watching Silverstone as well. That one might be interesting as well. Don't want to don't want to wheel out Alex Albon at uh, Monza on Monday to see if there's a racing one. <laughs> And I say that as a joke because I was all on Team Max and Lewis was an idiot there. But Justin, well, well, she would get ever in doubt, ring up Alex and he'll come and do a recreation for you. I think we're done. We're done? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Well, um, we'll be back when we're back. Who knows? Anyway, see ya.